Welcome to the Triathlete Hour. This week we have a fun episode with Taylor Nib, which she would call purposeful, planned fun. She talks to us all about that plan, how she handled so many big events last year, from Yokohama Olympic qualification to the Collins Cup to 70.3 Worlds, why she's not that into social media, plus what she has planned coming up next. We hope that you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. All of that after this break. Power your next adventure with Outside Plus. Our Outside Plus membership gives you access not just to exclusive triathlete content, but also content across all our network brands like Outside Magazine, Backpacker, Velo News, and Trail Runner. With an Outside Plus membership, you get two magazine subscriptions, a $50 gear credit to the Outside Shop, which includes our library of training books, resources like our custom 70.3 training course, and clean eating meal plans dozens of training plans through today's plan software, a free event with outside events cycling series, and a discount on any races on Tri-Reg or Athlete Reg. And if that wasn't enough, you get access to Gaia GPS and Trail Forks to help you find great routes and an annual finisher picks photo package to memorialize your race afterwards. Plus, now all of our members get access to our first ever Team Triathlete, a community of triathletes that includes Q&As with experts, training plans, in-person meetups, and team swag and giveaways. We'll be with you on your triathlon journey from start to finish. Join at triathlete.com backslash outside plus. That's outside P-L-U-S one word. Become an outside plus member today. All right, this week we have Taylor Nib. And Taylor, I was going to ask you, we don't get a lot of social media from you. You're like supposed to be like young, like up and coming with the internet. Why don't we ever have Instagram, YouTube videos about you? You know, actually, it's like it's kind of ironic because like if if you're like really focused and good at something at life, you're probably not good. Like if you're above average at something in life, you're probably below average at a lot of other things in life. So um, so the fact that like an athlete has to be very good at social media doesn't always align. But you know what? I'll work on it and we'll see if it changes or not or not. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I, you told, were telling me, and I guess it'll probably be out by the time this goes up, that we're going to get a YouTube video soon of you. So then we'll see everything about Taylor Nib. Well, I don't think everything, but the <laughs> yes, the Professional Triathletes Organization followed me for, it was two full days in, I think, March or so. And so the video is coming out. It was, it was, a, it was a good experience. It's, it's exhausting, but it's good. <laughs> it's exhausting. Well, because I had to redo a lot of things and because, and then it got to the point where I'd like be like doing something. I'm like, Oh, is this good? And they're like, well, we have to retake it now. Cause you can't ask if it's good every single move. And I feel like, well, I feel like that's, that's what I am. Cause I've been told that I'm doing everything wrong. Like I'm getting out of my car wrong. I'm walking in the door wrong. I'm <laughs> eating my blueberries wrong. <laughs> oh man. Oh no. Now I'm going to like, what's, what does getting out of the car wrong look like? Like I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd ask what's getting out of the car correctly. That's more important. Okay. Um, obviously, you know, the reason I'm making fun of you is because you're one of the youngest people on the circuit, but you've actually been doing triathlon for a really long time. Like you started super young as a kid, right? Your mom was into it. When did you do your first triathlon? I did my first triathlon in 2009. I think it was either, it was either July 26th or July 27th. So like almost 13 years to the day of the Olympic race in Tokyo. Like it was, mm-hmm. it's a little weird. It was like around the same time, but. There were. And how old it was were a long you then? time ago. How I was 11. 11. So you did your first try at 11. And your mom and your, was your dad into it too? Because I know your mom's a very good age group triathlete. Yes. My dad's done one triathlon. Okay. Um, he, it was, he did a pool swim, almost drowned, 
he it was a sprint. He finished, so he is a triathlete. Um, he does not have any plans of doing any anytime soon ever again. But you never know. <laughs> you never know. So what got you into it though? Was it just like did your mom? I don't think she pushed you into it. I think you just wanted to go with her, right? Like you just wanted to do what your mom was doing. Yeah. Like I would, we, my dad would take us to races. My dad's a very good supporter. Like if you ever, he was in Oceanside with me. If you ever see, like, you'll see him on the camera if he's at a race, most likely. Um, he's, he's everywhere on course and he like will give splits and encouragement or not. And, but so he'd take my brother and I to watch her race. And I like, I wanted to be just like her and I wanted to race too. And so I did my first one and then I guess I just got addicted like I just wanted to do more and keep going so it just led to where I am now it just kept going when you were little I think I read that your mom like you I mean 11 year olds don't usually do triathlon right they had to like talk the race director into it your mom had to like ride next to you while you were running no so the 11 though when I was 11 that was a kid's triathlon Mm -hmm. um so it was with tri columbia and but then I didn't love the kids races because um they were, it was, it was just, I don't know if it, I don't, I don't know why I didn't love it. It felt so short. Like the bike ride was four miles. The pool swim was maybe 200. And like, I wanted to, I felt like, yeah, I can do a little bit more. Um, so then, yeah, the next year I wanted to do a sprint and not a lot of ages have, a lot of races have age minimums. And so I had to, we asked them and they said it would be okay. And obviously, uh, there isn't really triathlon in elementary school in high school at least I mean I guess some places are but not at your school so you had to you swam and ran instead right yes how did you balance that because I know you swam and ran in college at Cornell but you were still kind of doing like junior tri worlds isn't that a lot how did you get that all done well, so it was a lot easier in college than in high school um, okay. because in high school there are a lot of PE requirement or there were at my school and so it was like it was a lot of like checking boxes and mm-hmm. making sure you showed up to things and certain things counted and certain things didn't so if I had like a two and a half or three hour swim practice that might or not not count with the school um really? they wanted you to be there for like whatever their 45 minutes session was of whatever they were doing um so I've tried to play by the rules as much as I can so it was kind of like I felt like I almost did a little bit more <laughs> in high school and probably middle school because that was during the school day um then and it was a lot of races too so that was just it was fun to get to college because then I had two coaches who really respected me and I started out running and my triathlon coach and my run coach spoke every week and then I he my run coach actually suggested joining the swim team because my swimming was really suffering in world triathlon series races so I raced triathlons the whole way through college pretty much um but so it was like a lot of kind of like layering in how does that work are you like because you were racing ncaa running and then also racing world try like junior circuit or whatever it's called user how are you allowed to do that with NCAA? how does that all work well so um i actually i was i think i only did one ju- one or two junior races when i was in college and those okay. were junior worlds mm-hmm. um but because between my freshman and sophomore year i was already doing some wts races mm-hmm. and so it was just, I had to, I had, if I was doing school sanctioned things, I had my own 20 hours a week and max of four hours a day that I had to comply with. But um, otherwise, like if I had a bike ride that was prescribed by my coach, that was my training. That's how our school's NCAA compliance officer interpreted it. Mm-hmm. So, but I was also in school and <laughs> so <laughs> I wasn't really always hitting the 20 hour mark. So it was safe. Oh, really safe. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 
that was another story. It sounds, uh, I don't know. It sounds like a lot, like the fact that your NCAA compliance officer probably knew you well, sounds like a lot of paperwork and logistics and scheduling. So she was great. And I'm really (laughs) grateful for all of her help. Um, because like, we want to, we want to play by the rules, but also like, how can I be the best athlete I can and have the team experiences, but then also, how can it set me up for after school? Cause that was, and that was, I think the best part about both the coaches that I had, like they knew the big picture was triathlon post-college. And so mm-hmm. how can they help me? And also how can I get back to the teams in any way I can? Cause can we learn from each other? It's just a little different. It was very unique, but it was great because everyone was open to learning and doing things a little differently. What is the, uh, so you did junior worlds when you were, you know, a freshman and sophomore. And then you were doing the WTS. What is Junior Worlds like? Is it do all? Well, not everybody goes on to WTS. Like some people just fizzle out. But you clearly have not fizzled out. Well, so Junior Worlds um, is so the, the junior in the World Triathlon like designation is age sixteen to nineteen, mm-hmm. and then it's just it's just one World Championship. Um, and the similar to how like under twenty three Worlds is eighteen to twenty three, and so actually last year I had to decide whether to race the Grand Final in Edmonton. Or if I wanted to do U23 Worlds. Um, and I wanted to do both, but it was the same day. But, <laughs> no, because originally they weren't, and they were over 24 hours apart. So I was thinking of trying to do both. Um, okay. Just like to, because I want, like, there are different things you can learn from each kind of race. But I ultimately decided to do the grand final. But so it's just like, it's just a designation. It's just one day. It's kind of like, think of like the Commonwealth Games. Like it's right. a single day championship and doesn't really affect anything after. It doesn't really, you just have to qualify to get there. And each country is different. So. It seems, uh, I, it just seems very like, sorry. I like picture very intense 16 year old triathletes, like flying around the world. So no, it's, it was just, it's one day. And, but the best part about it was my first race was actually in Edmonton in 2014. And I came out of the water next to Laura Lindman and Maya Kingma, who are now like, I race them a lot. Um, and, but the most fun thing was like getting to then stay and watch the elite women race that Mm. same weekend, because it's a similar course, a similar weekend. And so just getting to see that, it was like kind of like a teaser, I think. So that's where it's a great opportunity for a 16-year-old to see like, oh, I want to be there in a few years. And like, maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, but it's maybe. great. <laughs> it's fun either way. Okay. Um, what makes you like, obviously you had the whole, like you said, team running experience, team swim. What is it about triathlon that keeps you coming back to triathlon? What? Well, I think uh, everything. Everything. <laughs> I, you know, I, I love the sport, and I think that it's it's so fun, and I want to keep improving. And the sport's also changing, and so like it's also like okay, I might improve, but it doesn't mean that I get any, finishing any higher, or getting any better. And so oh. it's constantly changing, and the levels going up, and just kind of like learning yourself, learning how to compete. It's, it's a great experience, I think, but <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> what do you love about triathlon? Well, I just feel like you obviously were a good enough runner. You could have just been a runner, right? But you like clearly decided to stick with triathlon. No, I couldn't oh. run at this similar level. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> Not right now. No. <laughs> so you graduated in the middle of COVID and moved out to Boulder to like really, you know, dedicate yourself to triathlon. <sighs> That's like a tough decision, right? Like, I mean, maybe it's not a tough decision, but like to graduate in the middle of COVID is obviously a weird experience. And then you decided to move all the way across the country to like a coach, you know, obviously uh, you knew Ian, who is your coach from before, but to a whole new squad and everything. What made you decide to do that? 
Well, um, so I was actually, when I, when I graduated in May, I was still with another coach Mm -hmm. and then like with the Olympic postponement and everything, um, I was like, okay, what's going to set me up the best for 2024? Like that's kind of like, that was the whole aim of like that, all the decisions that I made. And it's like, okay, like I would really like, I'm, I consider myself a younger athlete and I still have a lot to learn. And so I want to, I want to learn each day. Like, yes, if you, you can learn in races, but that's what 12, 10 times a year. Um, but I feel like you can almost learn more in how people conduct themselves on a daily basis. And so putting myself into that group was great. And, um, uh, I was, I was coming back from an injury in the fall. And so I stayed at home for like the first two and a half months. And then I moved out in January. It just like, it seemed like it was the appropriate time. I was, I, I could have stayed at home. I love living at home with my parents, but <laughs> at that point, um, it was like, you know what, this is probably best if I want to give myself a shot for Yokohama at the time. And so it just, it worked out very well, but you said uh, all the decisions were aimed at 2024. At what point where is it, uh, did you realize that, oh, you could aim them for the 2020 slash 2021 Olympics instead? Um, after Yokohama. That was... <laughs> because after even like that was... Yeah. Well, yeah, because it was like, that was even a whole process. Like, mm-hmm. um, it was like, I had um, stress reactions eight weeks before. And I was telling mm-hmm. someone about this this morning, like... My, I went to like a, my weekly chiropractor appointment and it was eight weeks before Yokohama. And he's like, you know, like your right calf is just a little tighter than it normally is. And I'm like, oh, like, what does that mean? And he's like, well, like the bone remodeling process may have gotten a little out of balance. He's like, let's get images. And I'm like, do I want to see images? Like, do I really want to? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you do. Cause then like we can know how to proceed. And so sure enough, it was, and like an incidental finding was my left leg. And so I had bilateral stress reactions. And so, but I only had to take three weeks off of running. I had a huge bank of fitness. And then, but like going into Yokohama, I was pretty much on the altergy for the most part. And um, I was just like, wow, I get to run outside. Like this is my first time. <laughs> running outside um and so like that was kind of a shock but the aim was just to execute the best race possible and like you never know um because also like the qualification races are challenging and so just getting another one of those experiences was huge so to be able to qualify was a whole other story and then and then it's like oh wow actually you qualified so now we have to think about a new race on the schedule (laughs) we get to we get to (laughs) to think about okay yeah (laughs) see i mean um for a lot of the tri-world, even though you'd won junior worlds and everything for it, Yokohama, winning Yokohama, the qualifying race and qualifying was a surprise for a lot of people who were watching. Did it surprise you? Um, I, I watched your, your finish line interview. You seemed surprised slash not surprised. So, Well, so I was like, I think like looking at the, like the outcome, I was very surprised, mm. but like, I saw my power meter the whole ride. Like I wasn't like, wow, I'm riding so much above what I'm, I'm like, okay, like this is a good ride. This isn't like a, wow, this is just like okay. good. It's what it needs to be. And, um, and then the run too, like I didn't know splits or anything. And that's like one of the fun things about WTS races. You kind of just like execute, move on. Um, but, and I think the most shocking thing for me was that, yes, you can say the tri world was surprised, but anyone who knows me, like, no one was surprised. Right. No one. And I'm like, like, and this is my really close circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they spent a lot of time with me, but I'm like, okay, <laughs> why am I the most surprised out of all of us here? <laughs> why have you guys not been telling me? Or what am I not seeing? So um, that was, oh, interesting. that was kind of, I was, I was almost more shocked 
by the reactions of like the people in my corner. Because they were all like, yeah, sounds about right. Like, oh, I expected that. I'm like, oh, really? Wow. <laughs> Great. Cool. So, yeah, you're, you're, you kind of have mentioned, you know, your coach, Ian O'Brien, who we've done a couple stories about. Um, you went out to Boulder for him and his squad. And I know he was one of the people who was like, oh, yeah, like Taylor's. Taylor can win this. Like, she's going to do great. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, Ian has a lot of belief in me. Um, he actually, I, I, so I worked with him for a little bit in beginning in 2016. And he told me that and like, I, and he's like, I think you can go to the 2020 Olympics. And I'm like, okay, um, great. That's good. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and but like and and I improved drastically that year. So like you just you just never know. Um, give yourself a chance and surround yourself with people who might believe in you more than you believe in yourself. So, what is the squad like? You guys have a whole squad in Boulder. I like would see you at the pool sometimes. It seems like uh, you all have fun. There's a lot of fairly big names that kind of drop in and out. Right, we all work together. Yeah, it's a great group, and and that's the nice thing about our group is that like I is there's a nice balance between solo sessions and group sessions. We have more like swims that are groups, but even like my recovery days, I swim on my own. And so I think it's like a really healthy balance. It's a great group of people and um, we're all learning and trying to get better. So it's just kind of like the day-to-day process and our, <laughs> it, we ha- and Ian's a great coach. So that also helps. Does he, uh, so you said like you do some of the things on your own. So you only do like half things with people and some things still on your own and kind of mix it up. Yeah, well, so Mondays and Fridays are our active recovery days. Mm. Every other day is quality. And so Mondays and Fridays, we're completely on our own. Like, yes, you're. it's not like we're barred from seeing each other, but there's no planned session. So you can plan your day accordingly and be a person and get done everything else that you need to get done, but also, like, recover effectively for what that means for you. And um, But then every other day we have at least one or two sessions that we meet up for and we do together. But even... Yeah. Most days, like even, so today, for example, we had a track workout this morning and then we had to swim together. I had strength. And then this afternoon I'll have an easy ride and yes, we can meet up, but I'm probably going to go on my own because it's probably going to be very easy. So <laughs> it's just like what you need, what works for people and realizing that we're people first and then athletes, we work into that too. So you just said you get to be people on the days you have recovery. What does being a person entail for, for Taylor Day? Well, it's really grocery shopping. Um, (laughs) It's kind of like anything that you think about, like cleaning, um, yes, going doctor's appointments, bills. Like it's just like different things, like 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 a to do list that you might have a like to check off and complete. Because then, like our weekends are very focused to training, and if I'm away, like you might not get to do some of the things that you might need to do. Mm -hmm. So, so last year, I mean, like you said. Nobody in your close circle was surprised by your qualification. But then it seemed from the outside, from the non-close circle, it was like, oh, Taylor Nib just goes and wins the qualification race. And then she, like, randomly decides to do a 70.3. And then she, like, just happens to get third at 70.3. It seemed like everything just was, like, almost like you just, uh, it was, like, popping into your head and you were going and doing it and winning it. It seemed so easy from the outside. I'm suspecting oh, it wasn't but it was, that it was all. Well, it was all purposeful because mm-hmm. the whole reason I did the 70.3 mm-hmm. was actually, so initially I, I've been wanting to do 70.3 for a while, <laughs> but, um, I, because I wanted to do the double, I wanted to do U23 worlds and the grand final in Edmonton, Ian had said, Oh, like it would be a really good thing to potentially do Boulder 70.3 mm-hmm. two weeks out because like with your, 
more than 10 days out, you can have the benefit, but also like doing the over distance. So then we know you can complete the two races. Right. And so it was that it was in mind, but then the schedule has changed and they added Montreal. And so I'm like, yeah, no Boulder, no need to do that. <laughs> but then Montreal had a quarantine. So it meant that we would, you'd depart Boulder on Sunday. You'd enter the quarantine about like three or 4 PM when you arrived. And then you weren't allowed outside of your hotel room until Thursday morning. Like, this isn't, like, open up windows. This isn't, this right. is, you cannot cross the threshold of the door. And the penalty, if you break it, is you can't race a World Triathlon Series or a World Triathlon event for a year. So it's kind of serious. Okay. So, so I'm like, well, I'm going to be stuck in a hotel room for, like, three and a half days, and I'm going to go crazy. And I knew that coming back from Yokohama, I was so psyched after winning the race that I kind of went back into training a bit too quickly. Mm. And then we had to back off a bit. So I'm like, well... We're probably going to need a hit out on the weekend, but I want to have an easier week because I was coming back from Japan. So in terms of like, <laughs> you're going to laugh at this because Boulder was purposeful in making sure that I kept the week easy, but I got the controlled hard effort on the weekend before going into quarantine. So okay. it was like, it was because I, because I know that like, I'm not the best with self-control, but so if I put something else out there that like scares me a little bit, I'll be... I'll be better. So it. So you did your first the, seventy point three solely because you had to go into quarantine. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> that doesn't. That makes it sound. But like it, it had a place. Yeah, it yeah. had a purpose. Um, and it was it was mostly just to get a really hard effort mm. on the day. And the race went a lot better than I was expecting because we like had an idea of like watts, but also like I I know that area so well that it's kind of like fun to be able to race it for once because right. normally it's like very controlled. Right, right. Since you, so, I mean, you're basically just racing in your backyard, so it's also pretty easy. To... Yeah, it was. I got to wake up and I'm like, wow, I should do this more often. <laughs> this is so nice. <laughs> like, I got to drive there myself. Oh, so, it's so nice. So you did the Boulder seventy point three. It's your first seventy point three. Went well. Mm -hmm. You got like second. I'm pretty. Yeah, you got second. And you qualified. So at one point, then you qualified for seventy point three worlds. Then did you like readjust your plan for the fall, or were you still like, I don't know if I'm going to do it. No, because so then after Boulder, I was heading to Montreal and Edmonton, mm -hmm. and um, my strength coach actually was kind enough to drive me to the airport because I had gotten the email about the Collins Cup, oh. and because that was not planned. Because also, like, I'm three races into like a twelve day period or so, and I have two more coming up, and I'm like, I don't, I don't think I should do it. And Aaron's like, you have to you do have it. To do like, it. this is such a good opportunity. <laughs> like, you have to do this race. And I'm like, oh, I don't think so. She's like, I'm going to drive to the airport and I'm going to convince you to do it. So, <laughs> okay. okay. So that was, so give Aaron Carson all the credit for getting me to do the Collins Cup. Oh, yeah. Then you threw the because, Collins Cup in there. Oh, man. Well, yeah. You were busy last year. Yeah, but it was coming off of a huge period of not so much racing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know what? Like, it's after the Olympics. Have a little bit of fun and fun can be racing when you have a lot of fitness that's built up that didn't necessarily show on the day. So the Collins Cup, now that you mentioned the Collins Cup, obviously that was another time where the whole tri-world was like, wait, who is this girl who's beating Daniela by 15 minutes? Uh, did you know that was happening in the moment or was, I mean, obviously also she was sick and it was a day, it is what it is, but it, it caught a lot of people's attention. I, I, I did not um, actually, cause so I don't know if you remember the course, but there were like, I think it was like 
it was it was some sort of snake. Mm-hmm. But so I had there were two U-turns on each end of it. So I could see my competitors four times. And on the second time, I got the split and I'm like, I must have done the math wrong. Like I I know I did like I did the math wrong. Because I think it was like about two minutes on the first one, two and a half minutes on the first one, and then it was like a lot more on the second one. I'm like, I I just I'm I, I must have like I'm, I'm a little low on energy, <laughs> like I'm just not looking correctly. And on the third one I was a little more and I'm like oh, I guess I was right. Like, what's going on? Like, and I'm thinking, did I overcook this? Like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> what? <laughs> what don't I know that other people know? <laughs> and then like the last, <laughs> the last, like the last five miles were rough um, of the bike. Okay. And then the run, I'm like, cause also I dropped two of my gels and I, I dropped them cause I had swum with them and I'd never done that before. And they came out in my wetsuit <laughs> when I was unzipping it. So I only had three gels on the bike which that's a huge deficit going into the run. So I had like two gels within the first mile and I was just like, I was in survival mode, but I was just so grateful to get to that. It worked out. The gels, man. Taylor, your gels, everyone talks about your gels. You had all, you had all of them taped to the top of your top tube. Now you're sticking them in your, your wetsuit. No, no. So I tried to just, so, cause I, cause I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try something new. Cause I got so, such a hard time in Boulder for being on the top tube. And I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm trying something new. So I'm not going to go. I was going to put all my gels in my suit, which I would have been, that would have been horrible. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to do it 60% on my top tube, 20, like 40% in my suit. So we'll balance it out. Yeah, that did not no, work so out well. Work. So then in 70.3 Worlds, they were back on my top two because <laughs> because actually that's the other thing. Like, And people make fun of it, yeah, which you know what? People can make fun of it, whatever they want. But there's actually an extra incentive for me if it's such an aerodynamic benefit. I have a hard time getting myself to eat because okay. I'm like, eh, I'll push it off a little bit. And and I feel like the repercussion isn't great enough necessarily in a 70.3 compared to an Ironman. So I haven't like I haven't taught myself effectively. And in the racing, I'm like, again, not the best with self-control. So um, so the benefit of having them on the top tube is there's an extra incentive in that, well, I'm a little more aerodynamic. Oh, okay. So each time you eat it, it's like, I'm going to eat it a little earlier and be smart about this because guess what? I get more watts back. So <laughs> like it's bonus. <laughs> I'm getting the energy and the aerodynamics. <laughs> it's totally how that works. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Well, you know, in the moment, like, I don't know, like when you race, like it's totally irrational brain, totally like (laughs) you set out with a plan and it's executed to perfection (laughs) or maybe not. not. I was like, well, you see, you did a lot of things last year. You did the Olympics, you did the Collins Cup, you did 70.3 Worlds, you were at, you did the WTS final finale. I never know how they say it. Uh, What was your favorite out of all those things? Well, so the Edmonton Grand Final, I think, was my best race okay. um, because, and that was fun because I let out of the water of a WTS race. I like, my swim's been hit or miss. Um, and I think that's, like, that's why Yokohama went so well because, like, finally I nailed a swim mm-hmm. for the first time. Um, and that was just, like, that was fun to execute the way I did. But um, each race had its purpose and it was important for a different reason. I mean, like, in the moment, Tokyo wasn't fun like during the race was really not fun and but I don't think that I necessarily would have had the same I just learned so much from that experience that like you kind of have to you have to go through that sometimes like this weekend I was indoor on the trainer 
And so I was rewatching the women's race in Yokohama from this year. The one which, like and I'm like ago. cringing every moment. I'm like, ugh, did you really do that? Like, I, I don't like watching myself race, let alone watch myself race poorly. And, but it's like, I need to do that because I want to get better and I don't want to do that again. So like, <laughs> you kind of have to go through some things to get where you want to be sometimes. You talk a lot about like learning things from races. So what's the biggest thing you learned? Like in the, I mean, you've done a lot of racing in the last like year and a half. What's the, what's, what are some key lessons? Well, I think like thinking about, so I think the, the biggest thing from the Olympics was less the race itself and more the lead in, mm -hmm. in terms of, I didn't let myself turn off mm -hmm. enough. Um, and it's like, it's fantastic, but if you're getting a text from someone you haven't heard from in five years, there's probably a reason why you haven't heard from them in five years, and it might not be appropriate to <laughs> respond to them the morning of the Olympics. So it's just like, it's learning different things, but um, yeah, the Olympics was just like a lot of stimulation, and I'm, I like a lot of quiet time before a race, so then Edmonton, like Edmonton and Montreal were great with the, the quarantines. I loved, because it's like, I get my quiet time, like, I'm in my room all by myself, and that's great, and um, but so it's, it's both like kind of what works heading into the race, um, even warm ups and the race itself. And then even like bouncing back from it. Cause Yokohama, I was, I was not in a great place for a few weeks. Like I was just so wrecked from the race. And also I got back into training too much and there's again, like a lot of other energy, but you realize like you only have so much energy to divide and how do you get your best performance on a given day? And that might that's that's actually sometimes less like in the race mm -hmm. itself yeah there are a lot of tweaks you have to do but how do you get yourself at the start line ready physically mentally emotionally no, that's true i would imagine that after you won the Obama last year the qualifying you got uh yeah it was quite hectic for a while especially it was in co so there was a lot of protocols too a lot of people a lot of paperwork it was a big build-up yeah, well, and also, like, the months leading into mm -hmm. COVID, because, like, as I talked about, like, the injury, like, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't like I <laughs> just sailed onto the start line without any drama. Well, that's what it looks <laughs> like, like from out here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, you know, you back to that social media question, like, <laughs> you might not, there might, it might be nicer that I'm not posting everything. Like, that's, <laughs> their privacy can be helpful, and people don't need to know everything that's going on. <laughs> So I was going to say, from around here, it looks like Taylor Nibs just having fun, comes easily. I mean, it seems like you're having fun, so that's good. Yeah, I enjoy it. Um, but you have to, like, you have to really set up your environment mm -hmm. and, like, like I, it's, a, it's not just, like, passively having fun. It's very, like, active and purposeful. All right, so you also talk... And I race better that way. Right. So that's that's also the other thing. Like, if I wasn't racing, if I, if I race better, like, really, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if I'd love to be an angry person, but, like, it helps. <laughs> you, you can actually gain energy from any very powerful emotion, so I just can't harness the anger as well as the positiveness. Right. I mean, there are people who, like, race angry, for sure. I think it's more dudes, but... Yeah. <laughs> Whatever works. But you keep saying, obviously, a lot of this is very purposeful. You keep talking about how, like, there's a plan and you, like, think things through. And so in this plan, Taylor, what is the end goal? Is it still 2024 Olympics? Like, is the plan changing as you go? Well, yeah, I think that there are, like, general ideas. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a – this sounds horrible. But, um, like, have you ever, like, done, a, like, a choose-your-own-adventure book kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, there, I think it's, like, it's it's not closing any doors. It's not necessarily – it's kind of, like – where are you going to focus? How is it going to, like, what are some ideas that we have out there and how might we get there? Um, because, like, yes, I'd love to go to 2024, but the other thing is, 
I'm an American and in 2028, the Olympics are in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. So the, that's also, I, I, I was talking to someone and I'm like, I feel like I have them like very like stuck together because it's kind of like just thinking about the Olympics, but like, yes, Paris is one, but LA, I almost am thinking about more at this point, maybe not a great idea because that's a home Olympics and that's, that's special in its own way. Um, and how many people get to compete in, not only in the Olympics, but at home, like that's, that's huge. Right. So you're but, but who knows? It can be a long way. Who knows what the sport looks like at that time? Like there are a lot of changes taking place and I'm, I'm enjoying the mix of the 70.3s and the short stuff just because, um, the WTS calendar, it's great, but there's a lot of travel. And so in terms of longevity, I don't know how, like how much is travel is too much in terms of not only losing fitness, but just wear and tear on a body. And so in terms of the overarching career, kind of how do you map it out? Which choices do you make? And if I can race a 70.3 in Oceanside, which is a two hour direct flight, or I go to, I don't know, Spain for a world cup race, like what's the better net? option. Yeah. So uh, like you said, you did Oceanside. Uh, I saw you at Oceanside. Uh, again, it looks like Taylor Nib just shows up and wins easily. Like this is what it looks like from the outside that you're just like out there having fun and winning. Uh, well, I am having fun, Good, but is it, but like part of having fun, you know, fun, everyone has different definitions. And I mean, like I love to challenge myself mm-hmm. and I love like to get to a point in a race and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can hold this pace, but I'm going to try. Like, <laughs> So it's <laughs> yeah, no, I can see that, and like, and I mean, Oceanside went well, right? And then, and then, what's interesting was you were up front. Louisa was second, who's also a racing WTS. So it's like clearly there's like a WTS. I mean, we're seeing a lot of the the short course athletes come out, like mix it up more, not just come over because they're like done with short course, but go back and forth more. I feel like that's the new trend. Yeah. Well, I know it's not new, but more of a trend. But also, I think that that speaks to how the racing's developing in the short course racing mm-hmm. because like thanks to someone like Flor Duffy mm-hmm. who's really up the bike game it's like that's and and I don't know how it was because I haven't really done a WTS before she started right. increasing the level of the cycling but like there's you have to be a very strong cyclist now and so then that can transform more like it's not it's not a sit and kick anymore yes our courses have like I think Yokohama had 135 turns in the 58 minutes, but, um, but it's, there's a lot of power. And so then people can make that adjustment a little bit more comfortably. Like move up. But, Which do you like better though? Pack riding or the solo TT riding? It depends on the race. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not sure I'd love a pack riding in 70.3s <laughs> and I'm not sure. <laughs> and the solo, actually I, I enjoy the solo riding the WTS races right. sometimes, but it's like, it's all, it depends. It's, it's just fun to race and fun to learn. And it's fun to do both because I think that like seeing how each can influence each other. Like, I don't think that, I, I don't think that it's a one-way street of like just one is influencing the other positively. I think that like, at least for me, I'm learning so much from each that it's like, they're both having an impact on how I race and how I train for each of them. So. Are you doing any of the super short stuff too? Like the super league? I know um, Montreal last year, WTS was, they, they did do some like super, super sprint stuff. Do you, are you mixing that in too, or is that not your thing? Well, I'm hoping to do the um, the race in Montreal again, mm-hmm. which is the Eliminator format. And so that's and, – and I'm not sure if you'd quantify that as a super sprint because, like, in terms of the amount of – total amount of work on the day and right. even the weekend. But you have to do it in, like, short little chunks and then eliminate people. And then, it's like it's a different kind of racing. 
Yeah, it is. But like in terms of the race, we started every 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so it was three races and I think it was like a 300 meter swim, um, seven. 2k bike maybe i might not be right about that one and then it was about 10 minutes that's what i do know and then a 2k run and so and going off every 40 minutes we had about 16 minutes rest in between Mm. and the question is kind of like you can't really relax between that because you don't want to shut yourself off and turn your maybe some people do so it ended up being kind of like more like an olympic distance effort on my body i felt like um but it just depends and it's also it's very fast and the transitions take a while. So that's also another, you get to do a lot more transitions within the weekend. But so it's just different. Um, and I'm hoping to do that this year again. But, and we also have the relay. So that's, so that's another distance that I hope I get to race this year. What's your, I'm going to ask you, what's your favorite then out of all the distances? Well, I like the triathlon. I like the event. triathlon event. <laughs> I like it when there's a swim, a bike, and a run, and like proportionally equivalent. Okay. In any form, in any distance, style, genre. Yeah, I enjoy racing. (laughs) It depends on the day, though, (laughs) because some days it's like, yeah, it's just different. And now you have, as we were discussing before, now you have a TT bike, you have sponsors too now. Well, I know you had some sponsors before, especially like Team Psycho supported you a bunch, but uh, now you have way more, I feel like. One, how is the TT bike? And two, do you feel like, like, how is the pro life now? Now, do you feel like you're like establishing yourself more as like a, in your career and your, not just, not just the performance, you know what I'm saying? All the other stuff that has to go with. Well, I I think I'm still learning that and I have a very good manager who's keeping it very controlled in terms of like what do you need what will like help you and saying no to certain things because it's kind of like okay what do you actually need what will help you and what do we like what will have a net positive effect versus like some things can be a lot of work relative and the ultimate aim is still it hasn't changed like the aim is to perform it as well as possible and so that's that's always the goal I'm glad you got a TT bike just so the internet uh, commentators stop giving you a hard time. Yeah, but you know what? Like, I it's it's different. It took a little while. It took a long time to adapt to, actually, for me, just because I've spent so much time on the road bike. Right. And one of my first rides, like, it's a different position. So I'm, like, stopping at a stoplight in Boulder, and I'm, like, I'm, I'm like trying to unclip, and I'm, like, oh, wow, I'm going to tip over. <laughs> so it was – it but it's great because I think that, like, just learning – like the, getting to ride the TT bike, it like down descents, you can ride so quickly. And so like handling, it sounds silly. Like you improve your handling on your TT bike, but kind of, cause like just learning how to control it. But the speed concept is so nice. So <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Cause you're going so much faster down some of those descents, especially in Boulder. Like I can see you going pretty fast on some of them in your TT bike. Yeah. Like if you go in, like any of the roads that go from like 36 mm-hmm. to 75th or so, like those roads, I feel like I just, maybe I wasn't, riding them well enough beforehand. Um, but now I'm like, wow, this is like, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> this is fun. This is fun. But I was, but the TT bike is a little heavier up the hills. So oh. that's also like, how do you effectively ride it? And like, what's the best choice for certain rides? Mm, okay. And what is uh, the plan? I know we talked about it, but what is the plan the rest of this year? You're doing WTS racing for now and then Collins Cup and then... Maybe the grand final in 70.3 Worlds? Is that the, the general? 
Well, hopefully. Um, the Actually, it's, it's great because 70.3 Worlds is October 28th for the women. Mm-hmm. And then nine days later is WTS Bermuda. Mm-hmm. And then the grand final is actually November 24th to 26th in Abu Dhabi. So having, like, to have those races really concentrated at the end of the season in terms of just focusing there, like, being my best then, um, it works out well. That Like, because if 70.3 Worlds, or if one or the other was, like, really early and then the other one was when it is, it probably, I don't know if it would have been harder or easier, but um, it's a huge back half of the season focus. But right now it's trying to get better at my transitions because I came back from Yokohama and everyone's like, oh, your transitions, like, what were you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Like, thank you. Yes, I was out of it and I was not on my game, but. What is a what is a bad transition? Okay, so you're talking about Yokohama that was like two weeks ago. What is a bad transition in WTS racing? Is it like a minute? Is it like 45, like? Well, so it depends on the course. Mm -hmm. It depends, but like my T2 is 30 seconds, whereas I think most of the top women were like 24 seconds. And that's a huge difference. That is a, like, cause, cause think about it. Like then I was like, I was never even in the race on the run ever because Mm -hmm. think about like how fast I would have had to run the first kilometer or two to just get back into the race. So it's, and then if you just go over that much, like you're already pretty much on a, an edge. So just like, it's, it's giving up time. And my T1 was probably, it was, I know it was eight seconds slower than Flora. And so that's not acceptable. Okay. So, so we're talking about like eight seconds here. Is, is, how much do you, so you had to practice. How much do you practice the transitions? Oh, I'm, I have to practice a lot more now. I already do. Um, but yes, and it's, it's like simple things, but um, it's, they add up. And if you think about it, like that's not free speed, it's really earned speed, but it's not a fitness metric. It is very much skill-based that is important. And that's, and hopefully that carries over to the long course racing because that my Oceanside transitions were not great either. And those were apparently commented on. <laughs> well, you put on socks. That was what, see, you, you, you have walked into the world of internet commentating and, and people having opinions about your socks and your gels and yeah, it's just not that interesting. I'm sorry. Like, I made that decision, and it doesn't need to be. <laughs> so my family, like, was commenting on how much that airtime that got. <laughs> like, it doesn't need to. But you know what? Because I, I, I don't think I'm a model in any way, shape, or form. I don't know what I'm doing. So, like, just a word to the wise. <laughs> Do not follow what I'm doing. Because <laughs> I don't know. All right, well, then here's my question. Like, to close out, if you don't, if you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> which I'm putting this in quote quotes, as you've been, uh, figuring, what's like the craziest, biggest mistake you've made then on a race? Ooh, I made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> but actually, so like the first one that I can think about, like initially, was Hamburg 2019, mm-hmm. where I think I finished 41st. Um, that was probably my worst WTS race to date so far. Um, I was leading the pack and it was a wet day and we were going around one of the corners and I totally slid out. And, um, thankfully, like, thankfully, I think it was Nicola behind me. Um, and I slid out fast enough that she didn't go down, but like, that's a big mistake to make at the front of the pack because like, I like, I could have taken out the whole pack with that mistake. And that's, it's one thing to make a mistake and impact you, Mm -hmm. but like, especially with bike crashes, I wouldn't want to negatively impact anyone else or their season. Um, because that can have lingering effects that can be like injury, just niggles that turn into something more. So yes, that was, I wasn't, I was not cautious enough Mm -hmm. on the wet day. And thankfully I was saved in that. Like I was lucky in that I didn't take anyone else out, but that like I, 
I, I'm still like, I'm very cautious now, especially in the wet, because I don't, I know that that could have been so much worse. Oh. I assume when you say like, uh, you want to take any of I assume you guys are all kind of friends. Like all this, this, the, the, what's the word? The circuit, all the women seem to know each other, right? And, and see each other at races. Yeah, I think um, different people know each other to different degrees. I mean, like I've trained with some of them, but and like there are pockets of people who know each other so much better. Um, so it just I think it depends on person to person. And but yes, we see each other frequently. It but it also depends on the person. So yes, it's it all depends. It all depends. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, that's my liberal arts education coming through. What did you actually <laughs> study in great... college? That's what I'm curious. I was a psychology major, but it was in the School of Arts and Sciences, so I had a very well-rounded education. Do you use your psychology degree on the thinking about on the mental training part of stuff? Well, actually, like I, I read, like, I think I, I don't know. It, it helps me relax, and when I read books and take notes on them, so I'm, I'm still learning how to like just read for fun. But yes, I'm I I I appreciate what I learned. All right, okay. Um, all right. Well, then here's my last question for you. Because we've talked about so many different things, like all of your different racing. What is your favorite race that you've done ever? Oh, wow. You're like, you're like thinking, you're like, oh man. <laughs> and, and for what reason? Because that's the other thing. Was it like my performance? I don't know. The race course, the atmosphere, the event? Like, I don't know. It's up to like, you. What would what I recommend makes, people do? What makes something your favorite? I guess that's kind of up to you, right? Ooh. Mm. That's not, wow, well, I don't know if I'm going to have an answer. <laughs> okay, all right. That's the thing. Wait, can I pick one short course and one long sure, course race? Like, okay. am I allowed? Okay. 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 Well, so I'd pick Edmonton, the grand final last year for the short course race. Um, and then, because I actually, like, in there, the short course, unfortunately, the short course circuit isn't going back there this year, but the PTO race will be there. Um, it's just a great place. And I think I've raced there, like, four, five or six times, maybe, and different course every single time. Mm-hmm. Like it's there. Yes, it's very similar, but there's subtleties. Like it's just such a great venue and it's a great place and the roads are great. It's just, it's fun. Okay. Um, and there's a hill, which is fun too. Um, especially for the short course racing and then the long course racing. I think, well, actually I've enjoyed them all for different reasons, but like Oceanside was my best executed race, I think. Um, swim, bike and run, but. That's a tough course that I don't, I don't know why I didn't know about that, but that bike course is tough. I'm glad to hear you say that because I I have, and I always do the same thing. In my head, I'm always like, oh, it's just fun. But it's actually like a lot harder than somehow you think. In your head, you're like, I'm just going to the beach. I'm going to like hang out at the beach. Well, also, it was like cloudy. I, I every day I was there, and like, where's this California sunshine that I need? <laughs> like, I and my dad's like, well, you actually left one of the sunniest places in the U.S., so right. that's why it doesn't seem sunny. So, yeah. yes, but Oceanside, it's it's tough, and I think, but that's I think the benefit of it. Like, it's great to have a tough, honest course, and then see what you can do on it. Yeah, well, there you go. and we all got to watch you all on TV the whole time. So. Not the whole time. Thank goodness. <laughs> well, good luck with everything this year. I know you have a lot planned, and uh, and hopefully it's all fun. Well, no, hopefully it's just like purposeful and well executed. But <laughs> thanks for having me. Thanks to Taylor for talking to us, and thanks to all of you for listening. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review or share with a friend. Keep listening and keep training.